John 15, beginning at verse 1. This is God's holy and infallible word. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. That's God's word for us this morning. <clears throat> so... There, there's a lot packed into that passage, like we've seen a lot of times in John when we have Jesus giving a teaching. And there's a lot we could say. Uh, I bet a, a preacher could do four or five different messages on those verses. Uh, we're going to be looking at it under that theme that's in, in the bulletin as the title, uh, Our Father's Family Business Producing Fruit. So that's the light in which we're going to look at this. Today's Father's Day. Many times, not, not always, but often children can look like their parents. Whenever my dad comes to visit Faith, it seems like someone mentions how much we look alike. We're like identical height. We have other similarities. We're both guys. And when you're a teenager and maybe even into your 20s, that can be a little embarrassing, but as you get older, you learn to deal with it. And you that have that with your mom or dad uh, understand what I'm talking about. You, you, learn, you learn to deal with it. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Even more than looks, sometimes children can have similar personalities uh, as one or both of their parents. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, very, it seems like some of our tendencies, good or bad, are related to genetics, to our DNA. Beyond all that, sometimes, and again, not always by any means, but children can follow in their father or mother's footsteps, follow a similar career path, maybe, because that's what the child has seen up close growing up. Spiritually speaking, we can talk about following in our Heavenly Father's footsteps. 
And God has a family business. Everyone in God's family is called to bear fruit, according to our text. The Bible talks about spiritual fruit to refer to, it's an illustration, it's a a picture of, of living a godly life. It's a picture of holy living, like our text talks about in a number of the verses, obeying God's commands. And we're told that God's command is love in our verses. And when we talk about bearing fruit, we naturally think, too, of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians. Love, yes, but also joy and peace, faithfulness, self-control, patience, gentleness, kindness. So when we're talking about producing fruit this morning, all of that is involved. And another way to put it really simply is be like Jesus, because His life was a perfect picture of bearing fruit. This passage tells us that producing fruit is your purpose. Producing fruit, it's your purpose. You know, you want to know what you're supposed to do with your life. Students, retirees, families, moms, dads, kids. I've got a great book to recommend to you if you want to dig into that a little bit. It's for everyone. It's especially geared toward young adults. It's called Just Do Something. It's by Kevin DeYoung. Two of our young adults small groups read it and discussed it two years ago, and they really enjoyed it. It's a biblical view of purpose, of calling. When we're talking about purpose and, and what we're supposed to do in our lives, the Bible doesn't, like in black and white, say what career you're supposed to go into, right? I'm not so sure you're going to get a word of knowledge about whether to be a stay-at-home mom or a teacher or a doctor or a preacher or an electrician. God leads and guides us certainly, and with prayer and, and, and the Spirit and the Word alive in us, God will certainly open doors and close other doors, and we follow Him. But the reality is that There are any number of career paths a believer could follow and still be faithful to God. But Jesus says this in our verse 16, I have chosen and appointed you to go and bear fruit. That's a clear black and white purpose that we do have. And it guides every decision you make. We ask as a disciple, where and how can I best produce fruit with the opportunities, with the time, with the talents that God has given me? Because of sin, that purpose, that appointment gets derailed. It gets muddied. Sin gets us off track and following after other stuff like accumulating wealth as a primary goal, seeking pleasure, grabbing power, Sin can make us bear fruit for selfish gain, produce fruit to look good to others because we've been helping other people rather than doing it for the ultimate goal that verse 8 tells us, for the Father's glory. We've failed to produce fruit as we've been appointed to do. And I think you'd agree with me when, when I say, as I look at my life, that sometimes the branches of my life feel barren, and they sometimes produce rotten fruit, 
as I think of my shortcomings as a dad, as a husband, and as a man, a Christian man, appointed and chosen to be bearing fruit. And this is why Jesus needed to come. When you're connected to Jesus, the true vine, you're able to produce the fruit that you're appointed to produce. You look at what Jesus says about all this in verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus refers in our text to branches that will be thrown into the fire, but especially in our verses, he's speaking about those he has saved. And we learn here that despite any past failure to live up to our purpose, we've been cleansed through the word of Jesus. He speaks his saving word, and we're healed, we're saved. He has brought us to himself, grafted us to himself, so that we're part of the true vine. So you see, it's not like the Father appoints you to do this, and you can't do it. I'm telling you, you can produce the Father's fruit. We're adopted into the family of God, and we become the Father's children by grace through faith. And, and when you're part of a family, you start taking on the characteristics of the family. You start doing the activities of that family. At our VBS family night on Thursday, I talked to someone whose great-grandfather started a business, and then his grandpa continued it, then his father, and now he just took over leading it recently. It's pretty cool. Of course, it it doesn't always work that way, and it doesn't have to. But when it does, when you see it, it makes sense. That's the family business. They do what they do well because they've been doing it for generations. Something weighing on, uh, on my family this Father's Day is that, um, my extended family, my own family, is that my grandpa Shuringa, he started hospice care a few days ago. Um, and in, in fact, I received word just before the service that he went to his heavenly home early this morning. Um, and we're going to miss him dearly. And I know some of you know him from, from the south side. I, I've been having some conversations about him approaching uh, the end of his earthly time with my dad in the last couple of weeks. My dad says that he, he, my dad leads Crossroad Bible Institute, if you didn't know that. Um, a lot of what he learned about leading in ministry and leading this nonprofit was from watching his dad. And he's, he's learned that increasingly as the years have gone on, as he sees the way he does stuff. He learned it from his, watching his dad, my grandpa. He, and he first ran a couple grocery stores on the south side, and then later, he moved his family to northwest Indiana and, and, and ran a, a successful chicken ranch there. And my, my dad learned a lot from him. And then, as an adult, my dad felt called into the ministry. And then when I was little, I'd go with him uh, when he preached in, in the churches as a student. And I saw the work of the church, worship leading and, and preaching and pastoral care and leadership and all the rest, from a very young age on, I learned so much from my father, and he learned much from his. 
And the, the point is this. We're adopted into Father's family through the saving work of Jesus as we remain in him and live as part of the family of God. Well, then we see the family business, fruit production, up close. We see the fruit of the Spirit modeled by Jesus perfectly as we study and as we grow in the Scriptures. And in the family of God, we together live the fruitful life. We encourage one another in it. Make sure we're remaining in the vine, staying close to that cleansing word of Jesus. So friends, in Jesus, the true vine, we are able to produce fruit. That's how it works. You are able. And then there's one more dimension of all this fruit production in verses 15 and 16. Jesus takes this all to a whole nother level, a pretty amazing place. Those who are called and appointed to produce fruit, those, and that's you and me, who are able to produce fruit, we become partners in a sense, in the family business. I say partners in a sense because that word isn't in our text. But we got language like that in Paul when he says we're co-laborers with Christ. And it tells us that there's a very close connection that we have with Jesus and the Father as we go about the business of the Lord. The word for that close connection in our verses is friends. In terms of the master's business, says verse 15, Jesus does not call us servants, but he calls us friends. And you know, we who have a high view of God and of Christ, we might be a little uncomfortable with this language of the Lord being our friend. A great aunt of mine, a conservative Christian woman, many, many years ago now, she walked into her niece's bedroom on a visit and noticed a sticker on Doreen's bed that said, Jesus is my friend. She left the, as she left the room, she was shaking her head and was rumored to have been overheard saying, Jesus is my friend. No, Jesus is my Lord. And of course, Jesus is our Lord and our God, as Thomas said. But Abraham, a model for all believers, was called a friend of God. And Jesus calls us friends here. How is that possible? And what could that mean? I think it means that as we go about our Father's business, Jesus doesn't want our participation to be like an underling. I do not call you servants on this, he says. We're not slaves on a plantation. God's our master. That's not how we bear fruit. We don't produce fruit out of obligation. Instead, Jesus calls us into his confidence as his friends. We, we, we think about our dads and families on Father's Day and... Uh, I'm no expert in parenting, but what those who are more experienced and knowledgeable than me have said is this, one of the biggest mistakes parents can make is not allowing their kids to grow up. If a child gets 
older and grows into adulthood and they're made to still feel like kids, that's going to put tremendous strain on the relationship. It can be a real challenge for parents to learn to relate to adult children. You can't keep training them and parenting them as children. If you're successful by God's grace, you've created another adult who is now an equal, and then you relate to them differently. Of course, the parent is always the parent, and there's a respect that is always there. But understanding this change in the nature of the relationship is what will create a fruitful relationship in the adult years. And I wonder if that helps us understand this verse a bit. Jesus is always our Lord. God is always our Father. But now, talking about the family business and what we're called to do, Jesus says, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. This is how it is with our God-given purpose to produce fruit. This is how it is as we think about our purpose and the mission of God in this world and in the church. So fruit-bearing is not a burden. Doing the family business is a joy. And we take up the responsibility in our generation as full partners. We carry on the family business. Spiritual fruit producers feeding the world with the love of God in Jesus. We do this together as a church. We encourage and we support this happening in our homes. Christopher and Joy, with Christopher taking the lead as the husband, they're going to teach Max the Heavenly Father's family business. And by God's grace, you're going to raise him to be an independent adult who will carry on fruit producing in his life wherever and however God calls him with the opportunities and time and talents God gives the boy. And, and we need this help in our homes. And, and that's why at every baptism, we promise as a church family to help one another. Those vows talk about our prayers. That, that's why we all pitch in at VBS like we did as a church family this past week and in our other children's ministries. It was great. That's why we have a Timothy assistance fund that Randy reminded us because we've vowed to help each other instruct our kids in the Lord. It's a promise we all made. We made it this morning again. We're called to be about God's business in our homes and church and in the places God has us nearby. But we also have opportunity to have influence around the world. Just our regular budget, you know, includes giving money to ministries around the world. That's just through our budget giving, through our denominational ministry shares. A service project is being planned in Mexico again this September. You read in the bulletin about what Ray did in South Africa. I think of Brittany Vandernald going around the world serving in these 11 months. And these young people in our high school that we're going to send off in just a little bit are going to produce fruit in Mexico. And I've just mentioned a few things off the top of my head that recently are going on here. You see, it's happening. The Father's business is continuing. We are owning it together. Faith Church is involved in exciting ways right here, far away. We're participants. God is at work 
in us, through us, his partners, his friends. And here's the thing about that purpose of fruit producing. It's about building up our church. It's for mission work. It's for service projects. But you don't have to be a preacher or a missionary to be about the family business. It's for all of us, all the time, wherever we're called, whatever we're doing. Love and joy and peace and patience and all the rest. This fruit will last. This fruit will encourage others to want to get to know what the family of God is all about. Friends of Jesus, remember your appointed purpose today. Be confident that you can accomplish your purpose because of Jesus' saving word and as you remain in the true vine. And step up as a full partner in the work of God, feeding the world as we produce the Father's fruit. Amen.